Welcome to church. This week, Pastor Bev is continuing our sermon series that focuses on Alpha. In Alpha, we'll be exploring some of life and faith's biggest questions. Today's sermon will follow the question, why and how should I pray? If you're new here, we'd love to get you connected with our community. You can message us on Facebook, Instagram, or by simply texting hello to 587-323-1199 and we'll respond right back. We're so glad you could join us today. Every day. Twice a week? Yes, a lot. <laughs> no, I don't. I used to, but not so much now though, because I, I kind of like, I have a lot of what I want now. Honestly? Well, not really, to be honest with you. Not really, I don't really pray. I sort of just meditate on things. In my own way, yeah. Well, I guess only if I'm really, really scared, or that I really, really want something, then I'll pray. <laughs> for help and to talk with God. Hope for things. I wouldn't say I pray to anything specifically. I pray every day. I pray, I pray even when like things going good or like things going bad. I still pray even though I question a lot of it and doubt a lot of it, but I still find myself praying kind of often. Well, good morning. I'm Pastor Bev Sessink. Thank you, each and every one of you who've joined us today, online or in person. Uh, good to see increasing numbers of people coming back in person. And for those of you online, we would encourage you that unless you have a specific reason why you can't come, that you consider coming. Because we've heard from people saying, I've been online for a while, but I've come and checked it out in person. And I realize I need the fellowship. I need the connection with other believers. So we encourage you to make that transition, unless, of course, you have some specific things that would pre prevent you from doing that. As you would notice behind me, there are two uh, bulbs on today reminding us. Yeah, let's, let's give a hand. I believe, uh, if I'm correct, both of them as a result of Ben Utz and his continuing to talk to people, asking the question, do you know Jesus? And then from there, the conversation. A tremendous opportunity because as I work in the community, most people, surprisingly perhaps to us, don't know who Jesus is or they have an idea, but there's lots that they don't know. Also want to mention that this past Wednesday, Kathy Steves, who is a visually impaired person in our church, passed away suddenly. At this point, we don't have any further details with regards to memorial service, but once we do know, we will post anything on the Calvary Community Church Facebook page, and also Pastor Paul will be letting our seniors know through his weekly update. So that's all we can mention at the present time. We're going to continue in our series, Alpha. Alpha is a course that enables people to understand more about the Christian faith. And for those who come to faith in Jesus, then to, be, to grow in their faith and their understanding of that. And the reason why we're doing that is we believe that Alpha is an excellent resource to help people understand about Jesus and Christianity. It's an opportunity for us as a congregation together to be able to walk with people who are on a spiritual journey but need someone to be together with them. That's why once the Alpha Sermon Series is completed, we're going to be asking you to consider, to pray. Are there people in your life who you would like to invite to be part of Alpha? Because we quite often find that people 
while they may be interested, need someone who's willing to walk with them. It's like perhaps a number of people would perhaps come to church if they knew that someone who they know would come along with them. We mentioned earlier, uh, several weeks ago, that 61% of people who are not followers of Jesus would be willing to study the Bible if a family member or friend would ask them. That means that more than one out of two people would be willing to know more about Jesus and the Christian faith if we would simply ask. It's quite amazing. The spiritual atmosphere is much more open than we might imagine. Even being involved with the community care closet, I am no longer surprised at how many people want to know about Jesus, but just don't know about him and don't even know necessarily someone who does know him. So this is a tremendous opportunity to educate ourselves and then to take a next step, to step out of our comfort zone and ask to invite a friend, a family member, a coworker, or someone else to join together that they may discover the one who transforms our lives. And so we begin the next message, why and how should I pray? Now to begin with, for myself, prayer was always a part of our family's ritual. Whether it was for breakfast and especially for supper, we would pray beforehand. And certainly when we went to church, that was understood. Prayer is the most universal of instincts. Most people, if not almost all people, at some point will pray. They will pass a request, a desire, a longing toward heaven. And Jesus said to his disciples, when you pray. He didn't say, if you pray. He understood that we all do pray. And from my observation, it is actually quite rare to find someone who hasn't in some way, somehow prayed at some time. All our relationships are based on communication. And when we have a relationship that is healthy, that enables us to communicate effectively with others. Now let's listen to Nicky Gumbel's story of his experience when he first started to pray. Before I was a Christian, I can remember one time. It was in my gap year between school and university. I was 17 years of age, and I was traveling around the United States on a Greyhound bus with a, a Rover ticket. And I lost all my luggage. It was stolen. My rucksack was stolen with all my clothes and my money. All I was left with was my passport and my Greyhound bus ticket. I went and spent 10 days living on a hippie colony in Key West, and then I started to travel 500 miles every night. I used the Greyhound bus as my hotel. I'd get on at night and sleep 10 hours, wake up 500 miles away in another city and spend all day walking around that city on my own. And I was so lonely. And eventually, although I was an atheist, I prayed that I would meet someone that I knew. And the following morning, I got on a bus in a remote place in Phoenix, Arizona, and I saw someone I knew, an old friend from school called Andy. And I just said, I don't believe it. Andy's still a friend of mine, and whenever he sees me, he goes, I don't believe it. He lent me some money, and apparently I spent it all on socks. I didn't really make anything of that. I just put it down to a coincidence. But in the last 40 years, Prayer has become the number one priority in my life. Not that I'm an expert in it. I still find prayer pretty difficult. When I start to pray, all these distracting thoughts, my mind wanders all over, over the place. 
And often, just in the busyness of life, I find it really hard to find time to pray. But I love praying. Why is that? Well, prayer is the most important activity of your life. In fact, it's the very purpose for which you were created, because you were created for a relationship with God. And how do you communicate in this relationship? By prayer. And if you love someone, you want to spend time with them, you want to communicate with them, you want to grow in that relationship. And that's how we grow in our relationship with God. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 said this, it is through Christ Jesus we have the right to come to the Father. So prayer as a follower of Jesus is to the Father. Before I was a Christian, when I thought of God, I thought of a, a stern judge, a difficult policeman, even perhaps someone with a big hammer waiting to, to hit me. And sometimes when I hear of people, when they talk about their description of God, I go, I don't believe in that kind of God either. I don't believe that's the kind of God of the Bible. I believe in the God that Jesus described when he said that we were to pray to our Father in heaven. And he taught us to use the Aramaic, Aramaic word Abba, which is still used in the Middle East today. And that means Daddy, Papa. It's an idea of intimacy, something that you would describe as a loving father. And Christian prayer is like that. It is to a father who loves you. Now, for myself, I didn't have that kind of relationship with my earthly father. It was not intimate, it was not loving or caring, at least not to the degree that I personally needed. Unfortunately, our relationship was distant, disconnected, and lacked much, if, if any, connection. But when I became a follower of Jesus, somehow I met my heavenly father, and I knew that he loved me, that he cared for me, that he wanted a relationship with me, and it changed everything for me. Jesus tells us to pray, to talk to our Father in heaven, this loving Father who is the creator of the entire cosmos. The universe is vast. The sun, which is 93 million miles away from our Earth, is so large that 960,000 Earths could fit inside it. Did you know that the sun is one of 300 billion stars in our galaxy? Our galaxy is one of 100 billion galaxies. For every grain of sand on the Earth's beaches, there are a million stars. In a throwaway line in the book of Genesis, the writer says, he made the stars also, just like that, the whole universe. We pray to the creator of the universe. He's transcendent, outside of time, yet at the same time, he's imminent. So prayer is to the creator, the sustainer of everything, but it's also through the sun through Jesus' death on the cross, the barrier of sin has been removed. It has been drawn down so that we have access to God. It's through Jesus the Son that we have access to God the Father. A young soldier fighting in the Union Army in the American Civil War lost both his father and brother in the fighting. Now, he needed to return to his farm because now without the father and the son, he was going to be the only one who would be able to do the spring planting. And so he went to see the President of the United States. And back in those days, you apparently could do so, possibly. Obviously not now. He arrived in Washington, went right up to the front doors of the White House, and he was told very firmly the President did not have time for him. So this young man didn't know what to do. He was despondent. And he went to a park bench, and as he sat there, a little boy came up to him and asked, 
why are you so sad? What is happening? And so the soldier talked about how his family, his father and, and brother had passed away and he would have to go back to war and the family farm would not be able to be, have the planting done. The little boy grabbed the hand of the soldier and he walked him to the White House, went in through the back way, past the generals, past the government officials, right into the room where Abraham Lincoln was standing. And he welcomed him and he said, Tad, what can I do for you? And that little boy said, Dad, this man has something to say to you. And so that opportunity was given to him, just like Jesus gives to us, because Jesus wants to share his relationship with the Father, with each and every one of us. Not only do we pray to the Father through Jesus, but we also do so by the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8 verse 26, the Apostle Paul says, we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself speaks to God for us. Sometimes we'll say, I don't know where to begin. I wouldn't know what to say. But when we invent, invite Jesus into our lives, his Holy Spirit comes in. He lives within each and every one of us. And when you pray, the Holy Spirit helps you to pray, to communicate with God. And there are rewards to prayer. Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 6, But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. So what are the rewards of prayer? Well, one of them is peace. Now, in our world that is so chaotic, there are so many things that so easily could cause us to worry. Isn't there indeed? Things like our job, our family, our health, relationships, and small things too. So the Apostle Paul in his letter to Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. In other words, when you're worried, pray about it. And he says the results will be amazing. In Philippians 4 verse 7, it goes on to say, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now that peace doesn't necessarily mean that there are going to be no troubles or problems or hard times, but it means in the midst of all those things, you will experience a calmness in your heart. It's like an ocean. You may see the waves uh, crashing, and yet at the same time, underneath, there is a stillness and a quietness in the waters below. And that's what God gives us when we come to Him in prayer. Now, another reward of prayer is perspective. In the busyness of life, it's not always easy to pray. And sometimes it may even feel like a waste of time. But in my experience, when I do take time to pray, in particular to thank God, the worries of life just don't seem to be as big. The things that I'm dealing with in my life are still the same things, but through prayer, my perspective changes on them, that I'm able to face them with a different perspective. Prayer doesn't change just us. It changes our situations. This is the power of prayer. Bueno, una, un día como cualquier otro, nos estamos en la mina y, y en ese día yo no tenía trabajo al tiro inmediatamente. Así que... Me llevé el equipo al taller y ahí hice mi trabajo y luego me fui al refugio. Entonces, al, eh, yo estaba, cuando esto ocurrió, una, esta explosión, 
eh, sobre nuestras cabezas a la, cerca de las 2 de la tarde y nos deja tapados por 4 horas eh, con tierra, con polvo y de ahí luego discurrimos poder salir de ese lugar, alguna manera de escapar y realmente nos dimos cuenta que no había escapatoria de ese lugar. Dijimos la única posibilidad, se llama Dios, se llama Cristo, así que vamos a tener que orar aquí. Así que se, se hace esta reunión y se reparten tareas y bueno, dentro de esas tareas, eh, bueno, aparte también de, de ver cuántos alimentos teníamos, prácticamente no teníamos alimentos más de dos o tres días eh, como porciones normales. Pero entre todas esas tareas, a mí me, me, me dice, bueno, sabemos que usted es cristiano, queremos que usted nos guíe en la oración. La primera oración fue más o menos, más o menos así. Le dijimos, Señor, no somos los mejores hombres. Eh, Señor, ten misericordia de nosotros. Eh, mira a los jóvenes, mira a nuestra familia. Eh, en fin, eh, le presentamos toda eh, nuestra situación al Señor. Así que nosotros acá no podemos hacer nada, solamente nos queda usted, porque no tenemos a otro que enclamar sino que sabemos que usted es el que escucha la oración. ¿Mm? Empezaron a pasar los días y ya empezamos a tener una oración a las 12 del día. Y esto empezó a causar eh, cambios ¿eh? en las personas, eh, ánimo, en el ánimo, en la amistad, en la unidad. El Espíritu de Dios estaba ahí con nosotros. Eh, yo no he visto hombres más humillados que los 33. Estuvimos haciendo ayunos de 24 horas, de 48 horas, 72 horas, fue lo que más aguantamos para poder que estos alimentos nos duraran en, en esas porciones de, tan pequeñas, pero para nosotros era importante. Así que duramos hasta el día 16, se nos acaban los alimentos después nosotros. Cuando al día 17 el Señor permite que nos encuentren, así que ya nos empezamos a dar cuenta que había movimiento de maquinaria y, y que nos estaban tratando de buscar en diferentes lugares. Pero después de 17 días de praying, un miracle a probe had found its human target. And then a simple note, proof they were all alive. Pidiéndole a Dios que Él se los guiara y que realmente eh, no encontraran. 65 days after the collapse, and after 33 days of drilling, Eagle's plan B reaches the miners. Mencionar también que eh, 22 de ellos aceptaron a Cristo. Eso es algo bastante importante, creo yo. Cuando estábamos por salir, ahí se producen... Eh, eh, tuve que llamarlos a la oración, tuve que recordarles que y nadie me sale de aquí hasta que no le demos las gracias al Señor. The last miner has lifted to the surface. This is the moment. This rescue has come to an end. An explosion of celebration and joy after more than two months trapped more than 2,000 feet underground. All 33 have been rescued. You can't prove the existence of God by answers to prayer, but I found that things happen when I pray. Some people dismiss answers to prayer as mere coincidences, but someone has said when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't pray, it would seem that coincidences don't happen. 
Prayer isn't like a kind of a slot machine where you put in your prayer and you get exactly the answer that you want when you want it. Prayer is about a relationship with God. A simple way to describe this kind is through a traffic light. Sometimes you ask for something and you get a green light. You receive what you've been asking for and even sometimes immediately. Sometimes it's a red light and that means no. For myself, there have been times when the answer has been no. And when I look back, I'm thankful to God that he shut that door. Because, for example, if he hadn't, I perhaps would not be here today and would not be a pastor. He knew what was best for me, but there are times when it's not so clear that the answer is no. We may never understand the reason why, but that can be really hard. Nicky Gummel tells the story of when he was playing squash with a dear friend of, of his. And as they were playing, this friend just dropped dead right in front of Nicky's eyes. And Nicky cried out to God at that point, God, God, help us. But the help didn't come. Nicky's friend died. And then Nicky had to tell his friend's six children that his friend had passed. Five o'clock the following morning, he went for a walk, but he couldn't sleep. And as he was praying and crying out to God, he said, God, I don't understand why this has happened, but I'm not going to stop trusting in you. I'm not going to give up praying. And when a train goes through a tunnel, it gets dark. You don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You still trust the driver. Other times it's a yellow light. You wait. You pray for something, and you don't receive what you've been asking for immediately, and you have to wait and trust. If a five-year-old asks to drive a car, the answer obviously is no. But that doesn't mean no forever, but for a time when that child would mature. It means that when you're old enough, you will be able to participate in that. And just because something isn't happening right now, it doesn't mean it won't happen, because God's timing is perfect. I pray anytime. I pray when I want to talk to God. It's like talking to anybody. It's like talking to you right now. And you could say there are three tips when it comes to prayer. Keep it simple, keep it honest, and keep it going. Keep it simple means that your prayer should be as simple as possible. Don't make it word, wordy or flowery. Don't go exceedingly long. It can be just one sentence. And the length, don't drone on and on. Say what you want to say, and that's fine. And then keep it honest. We often think that we have to be in a certain mood to pray. To be praying, we're going to have to be peaceful, joyful, and enthusiastic. The reality is most of the time, we're in a completely different mood. So we might be worried or tired or frustrated or angry or whatever it might be. The secret is to realize that these feelings, even the most negative ones, whether it might be worry, or fear, or anger, or lust, or whatever, can actually be used as fuel for prayer. When I pray, I take note of the dominant feeling in my heart. If it is a positive feeling, I express joy to God. If it is a negative feeling like frustration or tiredness, I say to God, I'm tired, I'm frustrated. And as I express these emotions to God, I experience Him transforming prayer in this way. And then keep it going. We can pray all the time. We can pray when people are around us, when we're on our own. We can pray to God and say, I love you, help me. We can do that. I can do that when I'm here in church, or I can do it when I'm in my home. I can do it on my own, I can do it with others. 
The Lord's Prayer is an excellent example if you need something that helps to guide your prayer because it reminds us that our Heavenly Father does indeed care for each one of us. So keep it simple, keep it honest, and keep it going. Over the course of my Christian life, I've prayed lots and in different ways. And that's where that model of our Father can be so helpful to give us a guide in which to pray. Something I've also found helpful is to remember three words. Thank you, sorry, and please. It's important that we cultivate this attitude of gratitude. Whenever I pray, I always try to start my prayers by thanking God. Because if I look to the past and see what God has done for me, then I am able to say, well, he's done that in the past. Most certainly he will want to continue to do that good work in me and through me. So it's important to have that attitude of thankfulness on an ongoing basis. And how many things do we have to be thankful for? Well, if we start to write it down, it can be pages and pages. It's important for us to also say sorry. And I once heard this prayer from someone. So far today, God, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped or lost my temper. I haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulged. I'm glad about that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to have to get out of bed. <laughs> and from then on, I'm going to need a lot of help. I always find that there are things to confess. And the question often arises, why do we need to confess our sins at all? Jesus died on the cross, and certainly he's forgiven us of everything. Now, why did Jesus need to say that? Forgive us our sins when we've already been forgiven. Well, Jesus gave us a visual aid as to why. The night before he was crucified, Jesus was having dinner with the apostles. And he went around to wash their feet. And when he came to the apostle Paul, he said, Whoa, no, Jesus, I, I, no, no, you, you don't need to do that. And Jesus said, Yes, I do, if you want to be part with me. What Jesus was saying that when we've come to faith in Jesus and we're washed clean of our sins, it's like a bath. And what happens every day of our lives, there are things that happen in our lives and we go, oh, I wish I didn't say that, or I wish I didn't do that, or I wish I did do that. And that's when we need to, so to speak, have the washing of our feet, where we confess those things and are washed clean again. Yes, that's the wonderful opportunity God gives us every day as we communicate in prayer to let him know what he already knows, but he wants us to bring to him. Yes, and it's important to say, please, our Father, that prayer begins in part by acknowledging to give us the daily needs that we have. And so it's important to pray for ourselves and to pray for others, acknowledging that without God's provision, where would we be? Now let's listen to what Nikki had to say about praying together with other people. I can remember the very first time I prayed with someone else. It was with two of our closest friends, Nikki and Silla Lee. I've been a Christian for about two or three weeks and I was on holiday with them. And I think it was Silla who suggested, let's try praying together. So we prayed probably for about two minutes with quite long pauses and gaps in those two minutes. At the end of it, my shirt was ringing wet with sweat. I'd been so nervous just praying out loud for the first time. But it was a wonderful experience. Over the years, I've found that praying is amazing. 
And I've seen God answer so many prayers and it's really helped in my relationship with God. And you can start today. In fact, you can start right now. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are our Heavenly Father, that you love me and you want me to get to know you better as I pray. Help me to pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Perhaps today, after hearing Nikki's prayer, you're thinking to yourself, I've heard enough already. I want to take a next step on this spiritual journey. And if you're feeling that way, I want to give you that opportunity this morning. You're welcome, if you wish, to say this prayer along with me, repeating it and taking next steps on your spiritual journey. God. I know that Jesus is the way, and a relationship with him is the way to a relationship with you. I want a relationship with you, God, so I invite you to come into my life through Jesus so that I may begin that relationship today with you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I would encourage you to text LIFE at 587 323-1199, and will we reply to you with next steps? If you have any question about today's presentation or any of the Alpha presentation, we would love to make contact with you and discuss further anything that you would want uh, to talk about. Now we're going to transition to the second point, or second part, of our Alpha presentation, which is our Alpha discussion time, which is normally a part of every Alpha presentation. So I'm going to just... Move this aside, and then we're going to begin that time to talk together with this team. Now, normally in our Alpha discussion groups, it's made up both of people who are followers of Jesus and people who are interested in knowing more about the Christian faith and about Jesus. So I'm going to sit down now, and we're going to start a bit of a discussion that would normally be occurring at such a time. And to begin with, I want to say thank you, each one of you, for joining us today. And I thought it would be good if we start by uh, getting to know your name and then maybe sharing your most embarrassing experience you've ever had in your life. (laughs) Well, maybe not. Maybe you can just share your name and something that is unique or peculiar to you. And uh, I will start off, but my name is Bev, and I used to be a forester before I became a pastor. My name is Charlotte, and I was born in Ontario and have four brothers. That's what I was going to say. Not four brothers. My name is Morgan, and I actually have four younger siblings, and we're very close in age. My name is Dane, and I used to play a lot of rugby and have received a number of uh, accolades and trophies for playing. Okay. Thank you for sharing that, getting to know you a little bit better. And so as we've seen the presentation today, are there any things, any thoughts that you may have, any feelings with regards to the, the presentation, some of the videos perhaps? Uh, maybe Dane, we'll start with you. Um, just watching this and hearing about prayer, I'm still a little apprehensive because uh, it seems to be very obviously biased towards like Christian God and I'm trying to figure out like, okay, well, what's the difference between all these variations of prayer they said in the opening videos? Like, well, what's the difference between praying to the universe, the flying spaghetti monster, saints, or just me to myself? So I'm trying to discern what the different parameters of, of prayer are. Okay, good. I kind of agree with uh, Dean. I 
think when we're backed into a corner with something tragic in our lives, we all pray. I've heard of people even swearing at the end of their lives, saying, oh my God, and they were praying out to God. I think there's something about prayer that everybody does when they're in a tough situation. Okay. Morgan. When I was watching this video, um, I was actually just so encouraged by the way the Lord had moved, especially with those people trapped in Chile. Um, now, I was so amazed even how he came through at the end, but not just how God had them rescued at the end, but how they were even sustained to kind of live peaceably, and they had so much change happen, even in the midst of such suspense. Uh, that really stood out to me. Okay. If you have tried to pray before, what has been your experience of prayer? Anyone? Well, a while ago, my um, brother, one brother under me, um, was getting really sick, and that was about a year and a half ago, and um, I was like, okay, I didn't understand why he was so sick, but he was sick, and so um, I kept praying and praying and praying for him, but then January 17th last year, he passed away. So sometimes I feel like those prayers, hmm, they're not answered the way we always want them to be. Thank you, Charlotte. Anyone else like to, to share your experience of prayer? Positive, neutral, negative? I think I would have to agree with Charlotte in some regards, as even uh, the videos had indicated, though, that's what trips me up. There's a number of these people are saying, oh, I prayed and I got these quincies, I got these things, and I don't never found I had some of these instances in my life, and I, what kind of shifted more my thinking is, like, is it prayer that is uh, maybe help some of these people or is it kind of like positive thinking uh, in that regard because that can be a very powerful uh, aspect of well just kind of like that book years ago called Secret. Yeah it's good to ask those questions. Morgan any thoughts from you? Um, because I accepted Christ when I was very small I've been praying for a long time um, but I would say the nature of my prayers have changed. So when I was younger, um, it was simple and usually thankful or um, asking the Lord for something. But um, much later, as a young adult, I actually started to learn how to hear the Lord. And that really changed my, uh, the way I pray because instead of it just being strongly around petition or just crying out to God and waiting in silence, um, I was actually able to hear the Lord and it changed it from more petition to more the relationship part, and that has been really good. Okay. Any specific examples where you did pray and what you were wanting actually did come to pass, whether immediately or eventually or whatever that may be? Yeah, one time um, I was in a shopping center and I had had knee surgery and my knees were quite sore still. It was like about a year afterwards and I came into the parking lot and I said to God, okay, God, I'd really like a parking spot right next to the door. And lo and behold, somebody backed out. And I got that parking spot right away. So you literally par uh, prayed them out of the parking spot. I did, yes. <laughs> Morgan or Dana, anything that you might like to, to share and perhaps an answer prayer in some way? Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of 
uh, necessarily a, a coincidence per se, but I'm not going to be so ignorant to say that they don't occur. Once again, it's just kind of what, how I mentioned beforehand, like is it just something for me throwing out in the universe or is there actually something happening? Is it like is you had indicated a slot machine putting in? So, But it's, I find it intriguing how Morgan's talking about uh, relationship aspects, so something to think about. Mm, that's right. Morgan, any thoughts? Uh, one that comes to mind, actually, is in my, when I was graduating from grade 12 a little while ago, um, I had, my dad was sort of moving out of the picture at that time, and he wasn't around that much that year, and I remember standing in my grad dress, and we were about to go do our debut, and I just remember saying to the Lord, Lord, and I had never really prayed this kind of prayer before, but Lord, would you be willing to have a dad somewhere out there uh, just tell me I look beautiful in my dress today? And maybe kind of a frivolous prayer, but I remember praying it anyways. It was kind of a broken time in my life. And I remember throughout the course of the evening, I actually didn't have one. I actually had three dads. And I would be just walking like from the front to the back. And someone would say, oh, Morgan, please come to the table. I have something to tell you. Morgan, I just have to tell you, you look so beautiful in your dress today. And uh, it was a real turning point for me. It was a marker of the goodness of God in that moment. Oh, wow. Well, that's exciting. Any other thoughts that you might like to share about prayer, observations, questions, things like that as we conclude our time today? There was one fellow in the video that um, he said he stopped praying because he really didn't need anything anymore. And I thought, maybe that's kind of what happens with prayer is that when we don't have things in our life that we need to pray about, we just stop praying because maybe, as Morgan said, there's no relationship and that maybe where I'm struggling is that I think I've just prayed when I've needed stuff. Good point. Dane or Morgan, anything that you would like to add in conclusion today? I think my only, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts around prayer, but I think my main one would be that, um, I don't know how I would have lived my life without the Lord. And getting to access him or meet with him through prayer has been crucial, to say the least, um, at the best of times and at the worst of times. I've been so grateful that the Lord makes himself available to me that way. Okay, good. And Dane, last thought. I'm just, well, there's a number of thoughts I have, but even... Uh, drawn, yeah, back to those original videos, how there seemed to be such, I'm just intrigued by how so many people are praying, yet each of them have different forms of prayer, like some woman mentioned meditation, other men say, like, oh yeah, I pray to the Lord every day, otherwise I really, really want, and yeah, I'm just kind of in this rut right now, thinking like, do I just go to him when I want to, something? Uh, when things are good, or is there something more to it, like a relationship or saying thanks, because that seems to be a key thing right now, is developing this attitude of gratitude. Okay, well, thank you, Dane, Morgan, and Charlotte for being with us today to talk about prayer, and uh, we we'll look forward to seeing you again in the coming weeks, and look forward to seeing you as well in the coming weeks. Next, uh, next session, next Sunday, it will be with, as Pastor Josiah, or Josiah has mentioned, as why and how do I read the Bible? And as we conclude, if you'd like to stand with us, let us pray together. And again, thank you for joining us both in person and online today. We want to say thank you, O oh Lord, for the privilege to participate in this Alpha journey. 
And we pray that as we continue week by week, uh, you will be speaking into our lives. Those who are followers of Jesus will be challenged and encouraged to invite others to the course that will be coming in a few months' time. And for those of us who are on the journey, that we will continue to seek you in the midst of you already reaching out to us. We say thank you for this day that's been given to us. We thank you for all the blessings we receive. And we thank you that it is through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. If you need anything, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find more information on our website, Facebook, or on YouTube and Instagram. We'll see you again soon.